I'm Blair Palmer and welcome to the Punks in Suits podcast, bringing the leadership thinking, beliefs, philosophies and practices behind punky, startup-y, next-stage businesses to you, even if your company's not quite there yet. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Punks in Suits podcast. I hope you are very well. Now, normally at the beginning of each year, I do predictions. What do I think are going to be the major trends in business and consequently the major trends in leadership over the next 12 months? This year, I didn't do it because life was dominated by the election of Donald Trump and all the repercussions of that and the trust figures, the Edelman trust barometer figures that I talked about in a previous podcast. So the first few podcasts of the year were really dominated by very current issues and predicting what was going to happen in the rest of 2017 didn't seem to be a high priority. However, this week I've been thinking very much about that because As you know, one of the things that I do is to talk to audiences about the future of leadership and trends in leadership. And this week, I've been talking to a lot of people in my network to find out from them what they're noticing. So for instance, the agents that represent me for speaking, what are clients calling up and asking about? What are their priorities? I've been thinking about my own clients and what are some of the themes in terms of what they want me to come and work with them on. And generally, events I go to, what are the other platform speakers talking about? What's the focus of those events? And so I wanted to share with you this week the top four themes that I'm hearing about through those various different sources, my own experiences, my network's experiences, and what I'm seeing when I go to events as one of the speakers on a platform. So four key themes have emerged that I want to raise in this podcast, and I think they'll be really interesting for you as you look at your organization, your team, maybe your clients' organizations, and ask yourself, are my clients, is my organization, is my team challenged with these same four themes? Now, as you know, my subject is future trends in leadership. So when new trends in business emerge, I have to consider what that means through the lens of leadership. So I don't become necessarily an expert in that business trend, but I consider what does that mean for leaders as they try to implement those changes. And at conferences, very often the focus is on the technical implementation of those business trends. But it makes sense to consider the human impact and how humans could derail the strategy unless you take them into consideration. Technical changes are really easy to implement. An organizational structure change, the introduction of new technology, new processes and systems, that's not what's hard. What's hard is getting people to adapt to these new processes, to this new way of working. So the first trend that I want to talk about is agile. Now, as you know, at the end of March, on the 29th of March, I'm the keynote speaker at an event called the Agile Working Event that's in London. And you can find out more details on uh, agileworkingevent.com and also at the end of this podcast. But Agile is really a combination of different working methodologies. So 
flexible working, self-management. You could even put teal organisations in there, family-friendly policies. All of this falls under the heading of Agile. But what Agile is really about is not policies. It's a way of thinking. So it's about questioning whether these artificial units of success like hours in the office or attendance, attendance at meetings, even completion of tasks is really a fit measure of success for today's economy. And what many companies and I am realizing is that they are not fit for today's economy. The pace of change, the pace of innovation, the requirement that companies are responsive to their customers, the expectations of a new breed of self-actualized employees all mean that companies that don't consciously choose how they work and how they liberate the creativity and the imagination and the human potential of their people will quickly become redundant. I was at a meeting earlier on this week about agile and about self-managing trust-based organizations and one of the individuals in the meeting said she didn't like the term new ways of working and I agreed and my preference is conscious ways of working because not all the ways of working in an agile environment have to be new some of them might be working exactly the way you work today some of them might be going back to ways you used to work 10 15 20 years ago they're not necessarily new What's important, though, is that they are consciously chosen. Most of the way we work is hardwired out of habit into our organisations. So the idea that the working day starts at 8.30 or 9 in the morning and that mainly it finishes at 5.30, 6, 6.30 in the evening, the idea that you get an hour off for lunch, that your impact is measured in any valuable way by how many hours you were sitting at your desk. All of this doesn't really make any sense. People aren't necessarily at their most productive during those hours. Those aren't necessarily the right hours for doing certain tasks. Some people work better very early in the morning. Some people are absolutely useless after lunch. Some of the time you need to go for a walk, you need to leave the office, you need to change the activity. Just because you're meant to be at a meeting at two o'clock doesn't mean that that you can really add value at that meeting at two o'clock, given your state of mind. The technology and, and the structures of Agile, like scrums, for instance, or, or, or sprints, aren't really the point. The solution isn't the new technology or new organisational structures. In fact, those things are a bit of a distraction. What Agile is really about is rewiring the thinking that drives business. Agile working is a result of a change in thinking. So implementing new structures against the old paradigm won't work. It's just another set of meetings or a new tool. Nothing's really new. What it requires is leaders to break the 250-year-old habits of thinking about themselves, their people, and the role their business plays in the world. And having worked with numerous companies on this journey over the past few years, the biggest risk to successful implementation of agile working practices is people and specifically leaders. So there are some questions that really need to be asked about agile by the leaders, which is more than are there any technological solutions to help us? What does the organization of the future look like? As the hierarchical organization slowly dies, what should take its place? 
And is this revolution as significant for how we work as the industrial revolution? Do we need to really let go of a lot of what the industrial organization looked like? So disruptive companies, the ones that pose the biggest threat to conventional big business, aren't structured that way. And big business is trying to copy what those disruptive organizations do in an attempt to organize themselves the way that funky disruptors do. But just changing your structure is not the point. These organizations don't have a different structure because they fancy having a different structure. Their different structure falls out of thinking really differently about how to get the most out of people. So agile should definitely be on your agenda this year, but thinking about it much more in terms of people than in terms of process and technology. The second theme is digital disruption, digital transformation. The digital revolution isn't just a technological revolution. It's a revolution in the role that human beings play in business. Increasingly, advances in artificial intelligence and bot technology mean that anything that involves data analysis or processes or systems or any decisions that can be made scientifically based on data will be done by computers. At a conference I was at recently, I even heard a customer service call taken by a bot. And seriously, you could not tell that it was a bot speaking. It sounded like a lovely, funny, lighthearted lady uh, down the phone. So basically, a bot wants your job. And that is hugely threatening to a lot of people, myself included. It's incredible how quickly this technology has advanced and it can do things like take a customer service call that we might have thought in the past, absolutely that job is guaranteed for human beings. And in the past, of course, there have been revolutions around technology. You know, bots have been building cars for decades. But what's different now is that the threat is to highly educated, highly experienced, highly expensive white collar workers. So it isn't just your blue-collar production line workers whose job is threatened, but it's the guys in procurement and the guys in accounting and the guys in project management and the guys in the call centre. It's their jobs that are now under threat, and not only that, their bosses' jobs. And we're asking leaders to drive a change, to be enthusiastic about digital transformation programs and guide their people through this revolution, even though that revolution may result in their own redundancy. So I think it's really important for leaders to, yes, get excited about the technology, and that's great, and it offers huge advantages, huge opportunities, and is, in any case, inevitable. So in a lot of ways, there's no point resisting it. So of course get excited about it, of course understand it, but I think for leaders the more important question is what does this mean for our people? What opportunities does it create for our human employees? I think we really need to rethink what we value our human resources for. Because the days when we were encouraged to leave emotion at the door and make purely data-based scientific decisions are gone. You know, if a if you don't need emotion to make a decision, you're basically saying a bot could do your job. So the very humanity of our employees, their ability to empathize and to relate and to sense, all the things I talked about last week in the podcast, is what makes them indispensable. 
leadership isn't any longer about just running an efficient machine powered by bodies, but about liberating human beings in the business to do what only human beings can do, which is to feel. Mentally shifting away from people as machines to a workplace where humans and computers play completely distinct roles is hard. And making that transition should be a high priority for leaders this year. The third theme that comes up very regularly at the moment is diversity. I heard a very interesting uh, TEDx talk a couple of days ago about the I generation. Now, this is the generation after the Ys, after the millennials, born since about 1997. These are kids who don't remember 9-11. That's the sort of distinction. So Gen Ys or millennials were formed in large part by being alive or remembering the events of 9-11. The kids born after that, the I generation, were born too late to remember it. And for these kids, they only notice diversity when it's not there. So when they walk into a room, mainly middle-class, middle-aged white men, that's the only time that they notice diversity, when there's a lack of it. This is the most diverse generation that has ever existed. These are people who are largely colour, gender, sexuality blind. And they are joining our workplaces right now. They are now 20 years old uh, or approaching their 20s. So over the next two to 10 years, these are the people that are going to be flooding into our workplaces. And there's a big question about how ready we are for that. Now, the data around lack of diversity is well known. The positive impacts of more diversity are generally acknowledged. So none of that stuff is particularly new. But what I think organizations need to be doing right now is going almost beyond diversity. Again, diversity being the emerging issue, the, the presenting issue, but not the, the cause. The real problem is that the current hierarchical industrial age business model was built at a time when one set of values prevailed. And in order to create a more diverse or fair or reflective organization of the society around, a few family-friendly policies and a bit of positive discrimination is not gonna work. It's the hardwiring at the heart of the business ethos that needs to be rethought. So traditional values around having a clear career path or having clear working hours or the way that you're recognized and rewarded, um, keeping emotion out of the workplace, what leadership looks like, where leadership comes from, what leaders do, any ego-driven politics, the whole idea of competition, the whole idea of ownership and classical measures of success that all underpin how people and their contribution to an organization are understood. All of that is under question if you want to create or need to create a diverse organization because only a very narrow set of people will actually be interested in a career path or in working hours or in classical ways of recognizing and rewarding their contribution. It's time that leaders, and here we go again with the big questions, it's time that leaders asked big questions about whether any of these things are still relevant or whether they're actually counterproductive to creating a diverse workplace. Modern leadership is about two things. It's about being willing to ask big questions about the business and the world beyond, 
questions that if you ask them and you really listen to the answers, your old worldview will be threatened. And it's about the willingness to look inside and question your own deeply held beliefs and assumptions. Beliefs and assumptions that you base your sense of self upon. I think that increasingly leaders need to understand that that is, that is their job, to be the ones who are asking these questions, the external questions about the world in which we live and the way the business operates, and the internal questions that really go to the heart of who they are and their sense of self. And the final theme is something that I've been asked a lot about, not to come and speak specifically at organisations about this topic, but it's come up again and again in the Q&A at the end of presentations, which is about Trump, Brexit and social unrest. As you know, because I've shared this on previous podcasts, trust in all of our major institutions is in crisis. And the election of Donald Trump, the Brexit vote, post-fact politics, the rise of the extreme right puts leadership and what kind of leaders we need, what kind of leaders we've got and what kind of leadership is going to get us out of this mess in the spotlight. At speeches, many people are asking me, firstly, what can we do? You know, beyond signing petitions or going on marches or just switching off the news and deciding not to be interested in it because it's too crazy, what can we do? They're also asking me how I explain Donald Trump because he and others like him completely go against the kind of leadership that I'm describing. Well, I think that we are at a moment in time where the old world and the new future world are clashing. And what we're seeing, I hope, but I really believe this to be true, is the last dying breaths of something that has no place in the future. I've likened it to um, an animal that's been seriously injured and is taking its last few breaths. In that moment, that animal is pretty dangerous. Uh, that animal can become aggressive, can bite, can lash out with its final few breaths. And I think that that's what we're seeing, but it is very powerful as, a, as an energy force in our world today. A lot of people are very threatened by things like digitization, like diversity, like different ways of working, agile ways of working, not having a guarantee that you'll have a job for life. All of this stuff is incredibly frightening for a lot of people. And they would like to go back to the world that we used to know, the world of a job for life and working hours and having a boss that told you what to do and knowing your place in society and men and women having very distinct roles and people in the workplace and in your community looking very much like you and having the same values as you. That is not the world that we live in. As I said, our world is becoming more and more diverse, more and more flexible, much more collaborative, uh, much less about profit and activity and much more about meaning and purpose. But this presents a massive threat to a very large proportion of the population. So what does this mean for leaders and particularly leaders in business? Well, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I think it's a big responsibility of business to not just look after their own people, not just look after their own bottom line, but actually to take a responsibility in the world to reverse this crisis in trust.
by understanding these global trends and seeing the part that business plays in enhancing and colluding with these global trends, we can learn about our own attitudes towards leadership, our role in bringing about change, and what kind of leadership is going to secure the future of our businesses in such fast-changing, uncertain times. There are other trends I've heard about, the post-fact politics, unconscious bias, the echo chamber. These are all themes that have come up time and time again when I've been going around at conferences and when I've been speaking to my network. But in terms of the things that I think are really important for you to focus on, these are the four themes that are informing what I think leaders need to be doing this year. So that's it for today. I hope you found this podcast thought-provoking. As I said, I am speaking at the Agile Working event on the 29th of March, and I will hand over now to the lovely Ivy Palmer to explain to you how you can access your special offer price. If you would like to attend the Agile Working event in London on March 29th, 2017, we are able to offer a special price of £249 plus VAT, a saving of £150. This price is available to listeners of the Punks and Suits podcast and all you need to do is send an email to contact at agileworkingevent.com with the words Agile Working Event BP17 in the subject line. Tell them how many tickets you need and how to contact you and you will be able to get the special price even when the early bird price has finished at the end of January. For more information about the event, go to www.agileworkingevent.com. Please stay in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram and email. And remember to share this podcast with as many punks and dupes as you know.